Welcome to the J2 Hub podcast, where we focus on everything from property development, hot entrepreneurially business topics, and real life scenarios facing business owners just like you and I. Brought to you by James Sahota, we bring you exciting real life property, business, and entrepreneurially related hot topics, and that little bit more. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the J2 Hub podcast. I am super, super, super excited today because I'm joined by a chap that I've been wanting to get onto the podcast for a long, long time. I'm sure a lot of you already know who he is. If you've been to any of the PPN events or if you know anything about Rent to Rent, you will definitely have come across this guy in the past. It's my pleasure and honor to introduce Napa Bafakile to our podcast today. Napa, welcome. Thanks, bro. Thanks for having me, man. No problems at all, man. Thanks for agreeing to come on. It's uh, it's an absolute honor. Like I was saying to you previously, um, I think you've got an amazing story, man. And I think it'd be very, very inspirational to people to hear the journey that you've gone on. So I'm just going to start straight off and just ask you, for the people that don't know who Napa is, who is Napa? Where did Napa start? And how has Napa got to where he is today? Bro, whoosh, where can we begin? <laughs> Um, so I started my journey back in 2015. Um, I always been entrepreneurial, you know, I never really, I never been a good employee, you know, I never really like working whenever I'm in a, in employment, you know, type of sector, I always look at the, the, the owner, I always do the math. So if he's paying us, let's say, for example, eight pound, you know, per hour, how much is he making? Does it make sense? So I always, you know, kind of had that mentality. And then uh, during school, uh, college, university, I always hustle my way around, you know, selling stuff. For example, university, I made more money than my part-time job that I had for helping people with the job, uh, with the work. So they can get assignments, then I'll sit down with them and guide them on how to do it. So, you know, I made a lot of money doing that, you know, obviously charging them for my time. And then, um, you know, fast forward, I wanted to get something more stable, you know, I want... I wanted to come at the hustle, you know, I wanted to get something more stable, something that I can do and that has like more longevity. Then I start researching what can I go into? Then I start looking at retail business. You know what? It's hard work. You know, there's too many um, uh, things, you know, in between to do. And then, um, so I was listening to rap music, uh, Joe Biden. I heard him said, you know, he made his first million through real estate. Then I was like, okay, and then, because I watch a lot of the interviews, like 50 Cent, Jay-Z, the music is great. But if you watch like, the business interviews, they have real good nuggets. So yes, yes. then I heard like Young Jesus said, you know, he made more money in real estate as well. Same as T.I. When he got his first record deal, his uncle was flipping money, buying real estate in Atlanta. Then I was like, you know what? There's something about real estate that I'm not being aware of, right? And then uh, I looked into, then I started reading autobiographies of, you know, I look, I look, I look up to and then most of them had their wealth in real estate, right? Then I looked at my granddad back in Africa because I'm from Congo. And then he has about seven properties, right? And then he never lacked money. You know, he had. And then um, all my mothers, like, you know, they went to school, you know, for his property portfolio and bury money in Africa. You have to pay for school. Then I'm like, you know what? Property makes more sense. And then I start going to seminars, you know, uh, seeing what's going on. And then I did my first training with Jill Fieldings when I done it. And then it was like, you know, buy to let. But people say, you know what? 
you're not in the position of doing this, you're too young, you're this, you're that, why don't you do sourcing, why don't you do this, why don't you do that? Then I start opening, you know, my horizon on what strategy I can go into. And then um, I went to another property seminar and then uh, they start talking about uh, rent to rent. One guy came up to me and said, you know what, why don't you do the rent? It will be good for you because the entry cost is not a lot, but the, the cash flow is great. Then I was like, okay, you know what, I'll give rent to rent and try so I've done my training. I paid, you know, I paid for the training to uh, to do my rent to rent. I've done that, and then um, one time I came home. When I done the training, I do I didn't do anything. I literally just parked. I done it in April, I believe. I parked. I didn't really do much, and then um, I think like July. One time I came home, there was an altercation, you know, um, at my family home, and then uh, I didn't like what happened. It was more of a domestic situation. Then I approached my my dad. He didn't like me approaching him about the situation. You know, you know, the African culture, the man is the, you know, man of the house. You can't, regardless if he's right or wrong, you can't tell him anything. Does it make sense? Yeah, so, it does, totally. So I was like, you know what? Uh, I, I stood my ground, I said it. And then, um, so I remember one time, it was a Thursday, right? So I was doing viewings. So I had a job. Um, working in recruitment I left the recruitment job I went to work from home for a company called the body coach um, so within seven days they fired me they said I couldn't spell and then uh, I went to work in a call center so when I was working in a call center I asked them can I work part-time you know so I'll start my shift at uh, 5 p.m finish at 9 p.m so during daytime I was doing my viewings for for properties so when I was doing that and then on a Thursday, I had a viewing in Brixton. So when I when I woke up, I had a letter underneath my, my door. And then that was an eviction notice from my dad telling me, you got to leave the house by Saturday, right? So my mom called me, you know, saying, hey, I got a letter from your dad. Did you, you know, what's going on? So my mom had a copy. I had a copy. The Islington police station had a copy. So my dad was saying, if anything goes wrong, you know, you don't leave. I told you, I warned you to leave. Does it make sense? Mm. So, and there was that, and then that Saturday, you know, my eviction day, 4am, my dad came in my room, he knocked, you know, pretty loud. And then, um, so my mom was behind him. Then he said, he, he came in, he came in the room, he said, you got to 10am uh, to leave the house, right? If you don't leave the house by 10am, someone's dying, someone's going to prison. Right. So he went to the uh, kitchen. He took a knife with him. You know, that's what my mom told me. And he took it back to the bedroom with him. And my mom was like, you know, what? it's just best for you to to leave the, the house. So I called up my brother. I really packed all my stuff anyway because I, I knew my due date. Uh, my brother picked me up, put his stuff in his car. And, then we, you know, I went to his place. And, you know, we, we don't have the best of relationship, me and my brother. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. So I just parked my stuff. Then I just, you know, left. And then, uh, so that was in a, that was like a Saturday. Monday, I went to work. Getting to work now, bro, it was empty. Literally, there was no one at work. And then the manager came up to me and said, hey, Napa, go home. Before you come back to work tomorrow, let us, you know, let us call you first. So I went home. And then uh, Tuesday morning, waiting for the call, they said to me, uh, we lost the contract, so there's no more job for you. Does it make sense? So I'm thinking like, I was actually coming to work to get more hours. Now you're telling me there's no work. So 
But prior to that, my dad, he cursed me. You know, he said, you'll never be successful in life. If you want to amount to anything, you've got to remove my surname. You've got to remove my DNA. Uh, you know, you're no longer my son. I puked you. You know, now I only got two kids. I don't know you. And then, um, so for me, when that happened, then I'm like, you know what? His word is coming to us. Does it make sense? Because how can I just lose my job? And then now I'm kicked out. I'm homeless. I don't know what to do, where to go. And then you tell your boy the situation what's going on. They're not getting your situation. You know, to them it's funny because they don't understand on what's going on. How can your dad kick you up? Does it make sense? If that's the situation, hit the road and go and hustle. But my mentality from then on was, you know, it was different. And then, um, so during the situation, I was like, you know, I called the agency that got me the, the call center job. They was like, you know what? We don't have any position for you. Then I'm thinking, you know what? I came at university. I got a master's degree. I got a degree. Um, I got experience national and international and I'm struggling to get a job. I did not want to be in that position anymore. Then I was like, okay, one thing I'm going to do now is just focus on the rent to rent. So I called my mentor, the guy that taught me, I said, I'm going to join your mentorship. And then what, everything that was going on, he knew he was aware. I was sending him pictures, my selfie, you know, me packing, you know, just to keep, to make it funny, you know, for, for me not to dwell on the situation. So he was to me, um, I can't take your money, you know, consider what you're going through. And I didn't have any money to pay, right? But I had 8,000 on my credit card. Then I said, you know what? I got this amount on my credit card. I think I had yeah, 8,000 or 3K. I will pay you for my credit card. He goes, you know what? Let me speak to my wife. Then I'll get back to you. And then... um. He got back to me the following day, so you know what, I'll take it. So I paid him for two months on my credit card for the mentoring. So that's the education part covered. The other obstacle was, where would I get the finance to fund these deals? Because mm-hmm. I came under the perception, there's no money down, you know? But coming to notice, you know what, you need money for deposit, you need money for this, the rental, you know, getting the property ready, all of that. But to get the proper, proper, like the no money down style, you need skills and negotiation. You need experience to do that. I didn't have at the beginning. So I stopped putting myself out on social media, you know, viewing properties, say I'm looking for investors. I'm look, I'm investing in this area. This is the type of deals I'm looking for. Anybody interested, get in touch. A lot of people got in touch with me. A lot of people got in touch with me uh, to, uh, to, to invest in me. But 90% wasn't serious. You know, the majority was like, you know what? Rent doesn't work in London. Why don't you come and work for me? Why don't you do deal sourcing for me? You're wasting your time. That are always trying to bring me down. So I ignored all of that. Then I came across uh, one potential investor. We've done a joint venture together. And then from then on, uh, we took one property. When we took the first property, he asked me to move in. Then I was like, bro, if I move in, it's a four-bed mansion. It's been about, you know, 600, you know, to I think like six to 750. If I move in, I wouldn't be able, we, we won't make any profit because I, you know, I can't afford to pay for the room. He goes, now nah, I want it to be, you know, calm, you know, have a peace of mind, just moving, we'll focus on the next deal. So that's how I got my accommodation. I started living on my actual first rent to rent. And then we got the second deal two weeks after, literally every month, back to back, we started getting property deals on, on a rent to rent basis. Wow. Wow. Let me take you back, man, where you said, um, you see where your dad served you with an eviction notice. Yes, sir. How did that make you feel? I became suicidal to a point. 
Does it make sense? Yeah. Because to, to me, like so, so, mentally, so many things was broken. Like so many chains were broken. You know, considering the eviction didn't really pay. Uh, it didn't really bother me much. But what bothered me a lot was what he said. Mm. You know, because when he told my brother, he didn't say it directly to me. He said to my brother, um, "He's no longer my son. Tell him to remove my DNA, to remove my surname." He would never be successful in life. Whatever he tries, he will fail. So to me, I'm thinking like, okay, coming from an African origin, those type of words we believe in, you know, if you're being cursed, yeah. you know, yeah. they will come into pass. So the first thing I did, I went to my pastor and then we, pray, uh, we prayed. And mm-hmm. then he told me, if your dad is God, he will come to pass. If your dad is not God, go and do your business. So to me, and then when I, when, uh, I lost my job, uh, I lost my job, that was further confirmation. You know what? What he's saying is happening. Mm. So it took me to a point where I drove to a bridge to take my own life. Wow. So when I got to there, it's like I was in conversation with God, you know. So I sat down contemplating, meditating before I go, you know, before I exit. Because, bro, I sat down, I Googled the best way to kill yourself, right? I couldn't swim. So grounding myself, is it was number one on the list, Yeah. right? So when I, I got to the bridge, Blackfire Bridge, you know, it's a small road. I yeah, was a lot yeah. of traffic just posting there four by four, you know, waiting so I can go, right? And then, um, so when, when I sat there, then I, I started hearing voices. And then the first voice I heard was uh, Chris Gardner. I was like, who's Chris Gardner? I didn't know who this guy was. And then is that bro, it was, I was having a dialogue. I'm like, who's Chris Gardner? Then I, then I heard was like, oh, the guy from Pursuit of Happiness, Will Smith. And then I YouTubed the guy and how he was homeless and he went to Chicago, built like a multi-million company. And then another voice came, said Joseph. Then I was like, oh yeah, Jesus', uh, Jesus is that. He was like, no, 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 not that one. There's another Joseph, you know, go back. And then I Googled, uh, I went on YouTube typing Joseph. And then the one that got sold by his brother, my, my work story. And then I heard the final voice I heard was Les Brown, where he said, if you're, you're, you're worthy enough, you're not doing what you're meant to be doing in life, life will move on you. And right now, life has moved on you. So you said you always want to help people. You want to be successful. You care about leaving a legacy. And this is, you know, how you're going to act. You're just going to quit when life gets hard. So that for me was like the, the pivotal moment when I was like, you know what? I got a mission to complete here. So that's, you know, that was saved my life, you know, mm. in retrospect. Wow. Would you would you go as far as saying that was the lowest point of your life? Bro, facts, facts. I, I coming from where I came from, we don't cry. Boys don't cry. Mm. You know, being associated to the people that I knew is low of you to cry. You know, you lose you lose someone that's close to you, you won't cry, you don't shed a tear, mm. right? And then the first ever time I cried, bro, I was so broke, I had no money, right? It, to a point, I was starving. I went to buy food. The card declined because I had 89p in my account, right? I checked. I had 89p, 0.89p in your account. I checked in Sainsbury's by Angel because he didn't went through it. I was buying. I was trying to buy something to eat. And then Des Taylor got in touch with me uh, randomly. And he said, okay, you know what? Let me meet you. He met me in King's Cross. So we sat by Costa in St. Pancras. And then he just said, you know what, you're not being your usual self because you're usually, you know, bubbly, you know, you're out there, but what, you know, something is missing. What's wrong? 
I just broke down, bro. That was the first ever time I cried in front of a man. I was crying. I couldn't even get a word out. Serious. Then he said to me, what do you need to get by? I just said, bro, I just need 500 pounds to get by, to pay this, to pay that, to pay that. So to me, that was like the, 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 the mental state I was in. It was like, because literally every day I was crying because I had, is that I had no direction. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what to do and who to reach out for. Because mm-hmm. if I go to people that I know, like my friends and that, they will say, oh yeah, you know, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? The path is negative, you know. And then I could see myself in that particular time going the gang route where, you know, you you, you got your boys, you, you feel belonged, you know, you have a mission to, you know, to fulfill, being part of something. And then I didn't want to go via that route. So most time I was in isolation trying to figure out what do I need to do and then the state my mom was in as well because she was broken but at the same time she was trying to be strong for me does it make sense mm. so it was literally every day I was calling my uncle in Brussels just crying saying you know what I'm just going to kill myself I can't see a way out I can't do this and then the reason being is because I go in the back of my mind if I'm not going to be successful and even I work hard I'm not going to be successful what is the point of work what is the point of being alive if yeah. I'm just going to struggle. And then when I called my cousin, I said, bro, this is what my dad said, you know, etc." He goes to me, bro, those shit are real. This is the type of things that we, you know, we see on Hollywood. I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> that is even further confirmation for me not to stay, not to be here. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that, that, that was, you know, definitely, definitely, you know, it, it, it's been one of my toughest, you know, toughest moments. You know, you spoke about uh, your mental state and your mental health and being a man, you wouldn't cry and all that. You know, they say uh, men in their 30s, mid 30s to 40s have got the highest suicide rates. Mm-hmm. What would you say to somebody who's going through something like that, who's, who was very much like yourself, just wanted to keep it all in, didn't want to cry, didn't want to confide in someone? For someone's mental health, someone going through that right now, what would your advice be to them? Bro, it's like, it's like if you hold a sponge, right, you squeeze it. Is that like you take all the life out of it, but the moment you let it go, it's like you breathe, it comes back to life, right? For me, it was accepting the position that I was in and then speaking to someone, you know? And then funny enough, it was some, it was people in the property world that kind of received me, accepted me, and then listened to what I was going through and then helped me. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. So randomly, even my mentor will meet up, you know, he'll just randomly, you know, spot me with money. And then he never asked for it back. There will be people like that, just knowing that what I was going through, they were just, you know, handing me a few cash, you know, now and there. But speaking to someone and also being vulnerable, it that situation, if I can take a one of the lessons, it taught me how to be vulnerable and how, you know, to accept myself, to accept what I was going through, to accept the emotion. You know, me crying or being, you know, hurt for what I was going through, it doesn't make me weak. It doesn't mm. make sense. But when you start holding it, you're not sharing with anyone. With anyone, all you do is just ruminating in your mind with the situation. But when you're speaking to someone, you know they can guide you. You know in the right way as well. You can also, you know, you just let everything out. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with you there because uh, when it's just you and your mind, you can you can go off on some so many tangents when you just think in your mind. Although it's such a powerful thing, it can be such a a negative thing as well in situations where it will allow you to think whatever you want to think and believe whatever you want to believe. Mm, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So how did you how did you go about just developing such a such a strong mindset? Because obviously, being at the brink of trying to kill yourself and being you know having nothing to eat to developing such a strong mindset to carry on going when everything was against you, what would you say helped you to develop that? Because to me, it came down to it came down to one aspect, which was um, my why. You know, it came down to one aspect: why. That that's when you got. I start typing in. You know, why am I here? What is my purpose of existence? What what am I putting this earth for? You know, what is my mission? What am I here to fulfill? And then once I start asking myself those type of questions. And then also what really helped me the most when I, because, you know, I follow a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, and see the story and they all, the majority of them, you know, it wasn't all rosy, you know, they had challenges, they had obstacles along the way, but it's how they overcame that. And then once I start looking at, you know what, what am I here for? And then once I start answering those questions, it kind of gave me the direction and, and belief on moving forward on what I want to do. And, you know which type of vehicle to use in order for me to achieve to achieve that 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 goal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and what's your in this current day and age what's your mindset like now do you have some kind of routine that you follow daily or do you have a, a certain way that you live your life um pretty much what i do i just break down what i want to achieve pretty much my goal you know for me is is so much about leaving a legacy behind you know i want to leave a trail you know even though you know god forbid when i pass away you know i want people to know you know what napa was present you know that was one of the major motivation for me to write a book because i can reach to so many people through my words you know uh, that's what also leads me doing you know the training the lives the you know using with this platform to reach to as many people as possible um you know we with my message and story so it's pretty much ties down to to, to my legacy but we, we've that day-to-day routine you know i don't really per se have a routine where i wake up i do this i do that but the key element you know i just read i read a lot uh, i read a lot of inspirational stuff um autobiographies mindset or you know i'm very very in tune in those department you know personal development so you're feeding you're feeding your mind with the right information daily 100 percent daily i even uh i've got a book coming up i wanted to release it this year uh, is more on personal development, but I changed my mind. I want to do the the rent uh, part two, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm looking to release this year. And then the following year, I'll release my first personal development book, which is nothing to do with property. Mm-hmm. Or, well, I'm, I'm going to come on to your book in a minute, Napa. But what, what, one question that's been bugging me that I really want to ask you is, mm. there's a lot of people out there that think a rent-to-rent strategy is just it's nonsense. You're wasting your time. You're just changing light bulbs. You just created a job. I've heard all kinds of opinions on rent to rent not mm. being a proper strategy. What's your opinions on that? What would you say to people that say that? Because I think we were at a, we were at a PPN event together with some yeah, yeah. at the event, and I remember <laughs> looking around at you and I remember you sitting there smiling, and I thought, "What?" <laughs> but even Tedge was messaging me. She was, Tedge was like, "Well, she wants beef." I was like, "Bro," <laughs> but but you know what it is. When it comes to business or anything, what property strategy, right? It depends on the person. It's solely down to you because everybody else is having an opinion. They will say, oh, buy to let, you know, I wouldn't waste my time getting, you know, them small cash flows. I'd rather do HMO than someone else to say, you know what, I want to do. Everybody have an opinion, right? But for me, it, it comes down to you. What do you want to do? 
what is your strategy and what is your goal? Does it make sense? Some, for example, me, I don't per se like so, deal sourcing, deal packaging. You know, I could say, you know what, for me is a waste of time. Why not keep that deal for yourself? But for someone else could come with the argument and say, you know what, I don't have to do with tenants. I don't have to do with this. I can just sell it and make money and move on. Does mm-hmm. it make sense? But for me, it, it truly, truly, truly comes down to what you want to do. For me, I see rent to rent as a great vehicle to create cash flow to go and do what you want to do. I don't per se see it as a long-term strategy. If okay. you want to go as long-term, you may, you know, the, the structure of you will have to be different from other people, you know, to grow it as a business and, you know, take for, for longevity. For me, it was purely to create cash flow, bring me the income that I wanted to do um, and move on to other stuff. You know, I have a plan and a journey that I'm following. You know, I want to get by to less. I want to get HMOs. I want to get this. I want to get that. So I'm following my trend, but um, the rent to rent, you know, it birthed me. It gave me that experience. It gave me that cash flow. So I don't really have to rely going back to work. So it truly, truly depends on what you're looking for. So at the time, I'm guessing your why was that you didn't want to work for someone and you needed to create, you needed to create an income. And the best way you could see was rent to rent. Bro, my, my, my thing was, I was on survival mode, man. I was on red. I needed cash flow. <laughs> Does it make sense? But yeah. I will, you know, I will get a prop. For example, I will get a property, fill it in, then start making money instantly. Yeah. Yeah. And it was but as quick as that, was it? It, it was. It was. It was. Because I was in a good area too. Mm-hmm. But then if you look, for example, I, I can say, for example, a like deal sourcing, then I have to find an investor, sell it to them. If the deal doesn't go through, then my, my finances, you know, is affected. But to me, it just made sense for me to do that. And also I had a JV partner, so I wasn't really putting in any of the money myself. So it was coming from a JV partner. Yeah, you, but you, obviously you were doing all the hard work. Exactly. And then I got to a stage where I hired a manager, so I didn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. you know that was literally after a year when we had about seven properties i hired a manager gave him all the responsibilities i was just overseeing on a monthly basis mm-hmm. so when people say you have to change light bulbs you have to do this i could say the exact same thing to a to, you know someone that's doing you know buy to let or you know managing their own buy to let portfolio mm-hmm. but they will say oh yeah but they can get a manager to do that but also we've said same thing as rent so you can get a manager to do that Mm. and still make good cash flow no true true that true so when you when you first started and you were going into agents how were they how were they with how were they taking you on how were they seeing you uh when i was going to agents yeah it was you know what i think what really helped me and also um strengthened you know my belief to remain on who you are because when I started, I was like, you know, I, I started to kind of readapt not to be myself, to become someone else in order to match the perception that you're supposed to, uh, you know, to, you're supposed to have as a property investor, mm. you know, having a suit, having this, you know, speaking a different, you know, terminology. It wasn't really. So once I decided, you know what, let me just be myself and speak to the agents the way I speak, but build good relationship and then. Bro, it worked out, man. One of the agents that, you know, we still friends to today. Some mm-hmm. agents used to have good relationship. You know, like this guy, he was a roadman. And then when we speak, like, you know, uh, on slang, yeah. we had a great rapport. And then when he gets deals, he just brings it to me straight away. And then with the landlords, they were inspired 
you know, because I was 23 when I started. And it was like, you know what? My son is the same age as you. I wish he was doing what you're doing. So they kind of took me as, you know what, the protege, like the little project, you know, to see me flourish. So hindsight, you know, landlords, agents, you know, it, it worked out well for me as well. So people were good to you, huh? Uh, I think is is the energy you give up, bro. You know, if you're good to people, people will be good to you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got a great energy. You know, you just have to walk into a room and people know who you are. <laughs> and I don't think I've, you know, I've seen you around for a few years. I don't think I've ever seen you in a suit or, you know, in that kind of formal dress. You just rock up with whatever you want to wear, regardless if there's a dress code or no dress code. <laughs> I don't think I have a pair of suit, bro. When I've got a wedding, <laughs> I have to borrow my friends. <laughs> oh, no way. Well, Napa, tell me about this. Tell me about this. Look, I got this copy. The minute you released it, I ordered one. I think I must have been one of the first people to get one as well, as soon as I saw that link go up. Tell everybody about this book. Look how smart you look in that book there. (laughs) Bro, you know that picture, yeah? Yeah. When someone said to me, oh, you got to have a website for your your rental business. So I called my friend. He's a photographer. I went to his house. I borrowed his, you know, his, um, his blazer shirt. That's when we took the picture, you know. But then I was like, you know what, for my first book, that's why I went back and used that old picture uh, that I took for my first business. I had it up there. But, yeah, the Rangeman uh, Blueprint, uh, so far it has been received well, which, you know, uh, I'm grateful for. Um, you know, the, the, the reviews has been great. Uh, literally every day people message me about the book saying, you know, how, you know, how they got so much value from it. I remember one particular couple that was using it as like as the Bible. They were like, I, you know what? Uh, if you go on this page, on this chapter, this is what Napa said. We can't do it like that. Napa, I was like, bro, listen, you got to be flexible. Just you as a guide, you know, it's, you know, you don't have to do exactly what, you know, it, it's said on the book. But uh, I'm happy, you know, with, with the success, you know, it, it, it has received. Yeah. What made you want to write the book? For, for me, um, f- f- one instant was, was, was the frustration part of the industry, right? Um, I was frustrated the way it was, the, the strategy was, you know, portrayed, you know, no, it's like no money down. They made it seem it was so easy. You know, there was no pitfalls. You know, literally anybody can come in, do this, do that, and start making money. So that was that was one aspect. And then the second aspect was also, you know, part of the legacy, you know, leaving the trail behind and then also reaching to as many people as possible that wanted to know about the strategy and give, you know, good value from it. I read a few uh, rent-to-rent books. Then I, I was I was disappointed with the information that it was, you know, it was in there. It was pretty much people just selling the courses, selling this, selling that. So I was like, you know what? I wrote it. So I kind of pull literally most things that you need to do to, you know, to store your, your, your rent and business. And then I also included the pitfalls that of people that I know uh, done the strategy and experienced. And then I also put my own experience of, you know, pitfalls. So if you're reading it, you say, you know what, Napa lost 12K in four months. Am I willing to do that? Yes or no. If not, you know, glad you're, you're out of the picture, you've been saved. But I also had a, a section where people that, you know, I also know and trained uh, talk about the good experiences. So you, you kind of get a good and bad part of the strategy to decide, you know, whether it's for you uh, or if it's not. Yeah. Yeah. No, good, good, good. Um, it's a good book. I've read it myself. So yeah, fantastic. Um, now, let me ask you something. So you, 
I know you've got a you got a course that you do with people one to one training and mentorship. I you know what I don't I've never really seen you like push it like you know you see some of these people some of these trainers are always like go buy my course go do this come link me up here come do my training. I've never mm. ever seen you do that ever. Like I know you do it. I know you run the courses, but it's never yeah. been like hey, I'm Napa. Come buy my course. Come do this. Yeah. Why is that? that? For, for me. You, you know, like when you do something just on demand, mm. you know, it's, it's not like a plan, you know what, let me start training people, start doing this, start doing that. Like when I started with the success that I was getting and then a lot of people start reaching out to me for help and I start giving the help. I wasn't charging anything, right? I was just giving the help. You can do this, you can do that. And then they start getting the success, right? And then um, I think it was like two years ago now, two years ago, um, I posted on a property group saying, whoever wants help with the rental business, come see me in this. And I had Thursday and Friday. I was in King's Cross and Islington Angel on one of the days. Come link me. I'll, anything you want, I'll help you for free. No charge. So people showed up. Bro, I had a traffic of people showing up. You right? serious? <laughs> Bro, I remember one time I spent eight hours with people help i think i spoke to about 30 people eight hours just helping them complimentary with the rental business right so after i've done that and then one guy reached out to me and said hey how much do you charge for your mentorship i was like i don't have a package i don't have no mentorship i'm just helping you he goes no no, no i want you to mentor me how much do you charge i said okay give me a second i'll get back to you i made a quick package <laughs> i messaged him and he went for the highest package i said okay cool I swear to God. And then a couple hours later, someone else reached out to me. How much do you charge for your packages? Then I'm like, okay, this is the packages I got. And then he went for the, uh, the second one. And then I got another person, you know, reached out to me. And then two months later, these people started getting deals. And then that's just, he just flourished. And the word of mouth, me just posting what I'm doing, you know, whatever. And people just start reaching on the, you know, on a back-to-back basis. So for me, I still got other stuff that I'm doing, you know, I still want to grow my, you know, now I want to do buying stuff. So it's just like a, whoever wants it is there, you know, I work with you, but it's not, I don't know. I don't know where it's taking me. I don't have a plan for it, but you know, I've been helping, you know, quite a lot of people. They've been getting the successes through it. So that's just, you know, it just fallen and I just took advantage of it. Yeah. Now, you know what? I've seen some really positive feedback. Like every time you're doing a, a live call or you're speaking with someone you're training with them and it's just all walks of life people from all walks of life can just come on reach with you and do something and uh and really get some good success from it yeah yeah i think with with the one-to-one it works pretty well you know because if for, for example you go to like you know property training companies you know there's there's a lot of in one room so you getting attention is very you know is very small so Working on a one-to-one basis, you know, they got my attention. We can break down the stuff that they're not, um, they're not understanding. And then uh, some people, you know, they cry shy and nervous and scared to speak in a public, you know, uh, public place. But on a one-to-one basis, they can really open up on the things that they're not really getting. So I think that that kind of works on on the. It depends on which package as well. I can come on your field, help you speak to agents, help you negotiate with landlords. So they can see what I'm doing and just replicate for future purposes. Yeah, yeah. What's your biggest success story then with one of your students? 
Um, one was Christian when he took six properties um, from one. This guy, you know, can barely even speak English. Was this the guy in Manchester? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, him, the Fountain Brothers taking two, uh, Jake taking two, uh, Ornella taking one in seven days. Uh, I've got Carol. She got three now. Like in twenty-eight days, she she got her first, you know, her first deal. Wow. Um, yeah, cry, cry, you know, Roland, cry a few people, you know, that I've worked with, you know, got the, got the deals and, you know, they're still making it work. So do you have people that are just doing rent to rent or will you have people that own property and want to just add another flow on? Yeah, 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 absolutely, man. For example, like I've got another guy, he has like a, like a development company. So, you know, they build houses, the source, things like that. And, you know, he came down to me, uh, wanted to know rent to rent. I was, I can't, I was a bit reluctant. I was like, is this a scam or what? Because this guy is he's more experienced than me. Ooh. The guy, um, he he had he has like a like a like a development company where they build houses, they will buy, you know, renovate and let it out, you know, on a HMO basis, right? And then to me, when he reached out to me, I was like, bro, is this a scam or what? You know, you're more experienced than me, you're doing the things that I want to be doing, but you want to learn about the rent to rent. He was like, yeah, I want to learn about the rents. Rent, you know, I want to get more uh, cash flow coming in while we've got projects going on. We want to have cash flow. Then we done the session. I think within a week, he ended up taking his first uh, rent rent deal. Wow. So that, that, that to me was like, it, it was also, you know, a, a mindset thing, you know, because sometimes you can put people on a pedestal when you say, you know what, this guy's a developer, this guy, you know, he, 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 buy, he, he buys properties and then he wants you to teach him about the renter and it's like, it just doesn't connect. But when you teach them, they start getting success out of it. It's just like, oh, really? Yeah. I think the problem is when you're building new builds, because I, I, I'm in that strategy myself, cash flow, cash flow is always an issue. Mm. You're just, you know, it's going to take a long time before you see the fruits of your labor. It might take a year, it might take 18 months. So I think it just makes perfect sense having a, a side strategy running alongside that's cash flowing every month. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that what I thought of it, you know. And then to him, you know, it it made sense to do it, and then he started doing it, and then yeah, he he made success out of it too. No, good stuff. So Napa, let me take you back again a little bit further back. Now that you're um, obviously you're doing things, you're a success, you're running your stuff. What's your relationship like with your father now? Uh, things are cool now, man. You know, things are cool. Um, but, you know, it's it just as the beginning, you know, the relationship is not as strong, you know, or the bond is not as strong, but, you know, there's, there's a relationship, you know, we, there's no like bad blood or um, anything, you know, grudges, but, you know, things are settled now. Do you, do you ever talk about the period of your life where he served you with a notice? No, nah, man, that's dead and gone, bro. <laughs> gone, yeah. would, you say, would you say he's proud of you now? Um. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll think so, but I don't know. We we never discussed that. I don't know how he feels about what I'm doing. Or I know my mom is, you know, especially when I released my book, you know, she was excited. But yeah. I, I don't know how my, my dad feels about, you know, what I do. But obviously, to, I remember one time uh, I was taking him to the airport. You know, he was telling me about, you know, looking for a job, looking for this. I said, bro, man, I, that, that word ain't made for me. Yeah. You know? I'm in a different venture. That that word is not for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's good. The, the relationship's good now. So, 
Um, what do you think about what's going on at the moment then in the country right now? People in isolation, people on lockdown. How do you think that's going to affect the property market? How do you think it's going to affect people's strategies, in particular the rent-to-rent scene? Do you think that will be affected? But it's like we're on house arrest, man. We can't even do anything. <laughs> it's like everybody's on the Huh? Are you scared to go out? Ah, not really, you know, because I've been out, you know, viewing properties last week. But yeah. this morning I was calling in agents to, you know, view more uh, more properties. As you are aware, I'm, I'm looking to start purchasing properties now. Um, literally, from all the agents I called, only one said, you know, they can give me a viewing. I'm still waiting for the confirmation text or email, but the rest shut down. It's never really? going through. Wow. And one that I got in touch with uh, said, you know, they're not doing any viewings for sales or renting until further notice. So it, I, th- I think it's, it's for, for property investors, it, it's a challenging market, especially for, for example, someone just purchased a property for a buy to let and it's on the market. And then, uh, you know, they can't even, people can't even view that property. Yeah. But even though the government, I heard that you, they introduced about, you know, the mortgage, uh, the, the mortgage holiday, things like that. But, you know, it's still affecting people's cash flow. You know, um, looking on the, um, on the rent to rent side, um, it's, it's definitely going to affect a lot of people. It's definitely going to affect a lot of people. Um, in, in the, in the, in the fact that, you can't do more viewing to get more properties. So what you have to do in the present time, you just manage what you have. And then let's say, for example, the, the toilet blocks or something, I strongly doubt there's traders out there, you know, can come and do the work for you. So it's quite of a, of a, of a tough period. And then looking at the rental aspect where, you know, people, they can't go to work. Uh, some people, you know, may not get paid or they may have reduction on their pay, depending on what contract they have. That could also affect them paying you, you paying the landlord. So there's a lot of, you know, factors you got to take into place. But the best thing is, you know, is just to reanalyze your business, mm-hmm. uh, check the figures, check the tenants you have, check the type of job they have, if they will be affected. And then I think the best form for this current season is just to have a very very open communication with the landlord and your tenants to really be transparent you know on what's going on so you can you know plan in advance know exactly what's going on but you, you're going to get some people trying to take advantage of you know um the rental you know being aware that if they kind of reach within this three month period you know they might take advantage of that whether they're getting paid or not by the end of the day you know they still have to pay the rent so it's it's a it's a challenging um season and moment that we're going through yeah now i'd imagine because we were discussing this earlier obviously with the rent to rent when you rent a property off a landlord you're making a commitment to pay that rent regardless Mm. of what's happening whether there's a pandemic or whatever's happening you've made a an agreement to that landlord right yeah because you say you're going to guarantee them rent but that's i always say for me one thing I've learned in the past is to manage your cash flow very, very smartly. You know, for me, I always want to have three month rental in the business already, just in case for things like this happens. Does it make sense? But once we get to a stage where you know what we can't, we can no longer sustain this property. The beauty of, of rental, we don't own it. We can always give it back. Mm. You know, so that's, that can work, you know, on, on a plus side, but 
yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, it's difficult at the moment. It's it's challenging. So, what's your what's your current portfolio saying? Are you still rent? You still doing rent to rents, or you've gone more onto the buy side, or? So, so now my, my, my attention more is, is on the buying aspect now. You know, what we have, we're just maintaining what we've got. And then I w- I'm just looking to start purchasing. I actually got two offers accepted, uh, which I got to chase up today. I got two offers accepted, which I got to chase up. Um, also, because yeah, how that one turns out as well with, what, with what's going on. So that's pretty much my, my focus right now is, you know, what the rental portfolio we have, we're just going to maintain that, manage it. Uh, the ones that are performing well keep the ones that won't you know just get rid of and then uh, just you know look to move into purchasing properties and then training and mentoring people you know is just on demand whoever wants to be trained and mentored by me you know get in touch mm-hmm. and then yeah we just take it from there no that's good stuff Napa, what would you say to someone who's sitting there right now just at the start of their property journey and they're looking at the current climate and thinking shit man everything's going to hell I don't know what to do. What would your advice be to someone who's starting real new or only a couple of months into their their journey? Uh, what kind of advice could you give to them? I would take this season to really educate yourself. You know, because there's no really, for example, there's not really much we can do right now. You know, you can't go and view properties. You can't really be out and start, you know, network with people. For example, I'm focusing on my second, you know, my, my sequel of the book to get it out but for for someone that is new i would strongly recommend you know to really really educate yourself the beauty thing is it happened and then when it happened again in the future you will know how to you know plan for it because right now it's so unexpected nobody don't really know what we're going to do you know what to do everything is until further notice but if it happens again in the future we will know what to do um with this current situation but someone starting out it's definitely, definitely time for you to, you know, to educate yourself as much, as much as possible and learn from people's mistakes. So when you got on the field, when things are back into normal, you know exactly what to do. Now, that's some solid bit of advice, man. I mean, I uh, I just released a podcast earlier on today and, and my it, my whole focus was around cash flow for the next 90 days. Just make sure you know where your money's coming in, where it's going yeah. out, where you're going to have certain gaps and, uh, you know, how you're going to literally survive because, uh, like you say, there's going to be people trying it. People ain't going to pay rent. You're not going to be able to get new deals. So it's it's a it's a scary time. But at the same time, like you said, now's the time to lay some real strong foundations to to kind of make sure you reinforce stuff moving forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely, absolutely. But as they say, they always say, you know what? There's always an opportunity when there's a crisis. You know, there's always an opportunity. And I believe for those people that have good, strong negotiation skills they're going to benefit in this climate because there's a lot of people panicking. Yeah. You know, emotions are high, logical thinkings are low. So, you know, if you, you know how to position yourself in the market, you can definitely, you know, pull something like real good. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I'm, at the moment, I can't see the opportunities just yet, but I'm sure <laughs> any, give it a couple of weeks, give it a month. I always say the same thing, you know, there's always an opportunity to be had when something's gone wrong and you just always. got to be ready to, ready to find it and grab it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. always man always you've got to be vigilant and observing to see what's going on yeah of course of course well, I, I just take a step back and just watch have like you know a bird eye view to see exactly what's going on and then where you can start spotting your opportunities yeah no good people, that do, people that do service accommodation i, I think it's, it's tougher for them than hmo 
Yeah, you know, I think with the service accommodation, I saw a few people have just changed their strategy up and they started calling their 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 rooms like isolation units that you can book mm-hmm. the unit to get yourself isolated. I mean, yeah, all fair dues to people switching it up like that, but I don't know. They must be they must be in a bad way with that strategy at the moment. Mm-hmm. And you go for how many people want to be that's in isolation, you know, somewhere like that, you know, where they're paying money, where they can just stay at home. Yeah, true say, true say. Yeah. So Napa, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you, they want to ask you some questions or just connect with you or find out about your course? Uh, social media, man, you know, um, Instagram, my name, Napa Bafikele. Uh, LinkedIn, I'm trying to know how to use LinkedIn, Napa Bafikele. Uh, YouTube, Napa Bafikele. Uh, Facebook, Napa Bafikele. Everything my name, all over social now, good stuff. Napa, let me ask you one thing before I leave you. What's one thing Napa can't live without? <laughs> What's the one thing that you must do or one thing that just really makes your boat float? What is it? Oh, uh, you really want to know? Yeah, yeah, I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro, I can't say that. Um... <laughs> as long as it's not rude. <laughs> one thing I can't live without? Hmm. My miss is looking at me. <laughs> oh, you big softy. <laughs> All right, on that note, Napa, I'm going to love you and leave you, man. Uh, bro, I appreciate you, man. <laughs> Thank you, Napa. Cheers. We love, bro. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the J2 Hub podcast with James Sahota. If you like the podcast, feel free to subscribe so you never miss another podcast from James. And if you got value from this podcast, do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you consume your podcast content from. And remember, you're never too late to become something you truly want to become.